RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Uh, As you know, our beloved Buccaneers did not play last week, uh, so we won't be talking about a Buccaneer loss, and that's good. And it's still early in this football season. We still understand that it's still early in Bruce Arians' regime, and usually doesn't, things don't usually change immediately. Usually takes a while. So, it's not time to jump off the Skyway Bridge yet uh, because the Buccaneers are two and four. You want to be optimistic about it. Uh, look at three of the teams that have beaten the Buccaneers to this point. New Orleans, San Francisco, Panthers uh, conv- combined. I believe they have a 16 and three record. Uh, that's pretty darn good. San Francisco doesn't lose to anybody. The Panthers all of a sudden look good. And New Orleans with uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, are putting it on people. So, uh, it could be worse, okay? It could be worse. They have Tennessee coming up. Tennessee's a very beatable football team, but um, I don't know if that matters to the Bucks because it seems like they play up, play down, um, but this doesn't turn out the right way. So let's see what the Buccaneers did in their bye week to improve, you know, what they had going on during this regular season. In the meantime, you know, I was watching some other football this week, and... Um, Realizing there's a lot of excellent football players out there playing right now that maybe they don't get enough recognition. You know, I like to, you know, obviously everybody knows Aaron Rodgers is great. Okay, that's great. I get it. And Tom Brady, they do that every week. They're on commercials. But when I'm watching the Saints and I'm watching Cameron Jordan, he's a football player. I mean, every time I watch the Saints, Cameron Jordan makes plays. Defensive end, number 94. Khalil Mack, everybody's talked about Khalil Mack, and um, it's kind of hard to explain. The dude's hard to block. I mean, he's taking, he's Lawrence Taylor in 2019. You got to compensate for him or it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big, big problem. Amari Cooper, and I put those guys together because John Gruden traded them both, and uh, he could use them both, that's for sure. He looks amazing every time I watch him. And Dak Prescott obviously had the big win against the Eagles. Um, and it wasn't a lot of Dak, to be honest with you. It's a lot, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit when I'm bringing up the Buccaneers and, and Jameis Winston and maybe what we expect of Jameis Winston. Uh, Russell Wilson's fun to watch. Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers I've ever seen from the Saints. Um, Lamar Jackson, if he stays healthy, his running ability is a problem, okay? We've had running quarterbacks before. But this dude is, is a substantially better runner than, runner than Cam Newton. I'm not going to give him Michael Vick. Can't give him that yet. But dude is a problem because he can throw the ball as well. And when he's throwing the ball well and he's breaking the pocket, that's a lot of stress on defenses. So as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be uh, a team to deal with. Deal with. Now, the Colts, everybody thought the Colts were going to be dead in the water. Um, you know, you, you lose your, your Andrew Luck, your franchise quarterback, um, really almost a lifetime quarterback. Everybody talked about 
Andrew Luck, one comes along every 50 years or whatever. And it didn't turn out to be that. He had the ability, but didn't turn out to be that in the end, unfortunately, for Andrew Luck. But this kid, Jacoby Brissett, in the midst of everybody talking about Andrew Luck, is pretty damn good. And I don't mean pretty good as a backup. I mean good, period. He was balling last year when he, when he got when, whenever he got a chance to play a couple of years ago. This year, he he's beaten the Chiefs and the Texans. That's a big deal now. I mean, other than you know New England, Chiefs and the Texans. I mean, they're, they're next up. And I'm not sure the Colts aren't the next up because the Colts are pretty damn good. They got they got you know they got a good defense. They got a good offensive line. They run the football, and the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, that basically is an equation for success. So I got a chance to watch a lot of different football this week, which was nice. We'll get back to Buccaneer football next week. Um, But in the midst of watching all this football, I didn't notice one thing. Um, You know, I said this, I think, two weeks ago. And this is pretty evident that, you know, I had a buddy, my boy Josh, that I you know, he comes over and watches football. He said, I was listening to your radio show the other day, and he goes, people really hate Jameis. And I said, yeah, they do. I mean, that's what happens when you're the first pick in the draft, and it's, it goes up and down. You have 50% of the people who defend you and then 50% of the people who really, regardless of what you do, will try to crucify you. That's the way it goes, kind of like politics. Okay, that's the way it goes. Either you're a Jameis supporter or a Jameis apologist um, or a Jameis crucifier, I mean. So watching the games yesterday, I realized this. Since we've watched Jameis Winston, it's been four and a half years now, I believe. Since we've watched Jameis Winston, I cannot think, and I could be wrong at this. I could be wrong. But off the top of my head, I can't think of one game where Jameis Winston just played okay and the Buccaneers won. Don't remember any. It's either Jameis plays, you know, he's 350 for three touchdowns, or he threw four picks and he for 250 and they lost. It's never Jameis didn't play that great, but we won despite. I don't remember it. L- listen to yesterday. Dak Prescott, 239 yards passing. If you I watched the game. It wasn't about Dak Prescott. It was about the defense, short fields, okay? Making plays on defense. Jared Allen, 202 yards passing. Kyler Murray. 104 yards passing. Minshew, everybody's acting like is the best thing since sliced bread. 15 for 32 for 255. That's not balling. And Garoppolo had 151 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. And you know what was common to all these uh, quarterbacks? They all won. Every one of them won. And, you know, I think it's easy to judge somebody. I'm talking about Jameis. But football's about situations, man. It's about situations. Like yesterday, I was talking to somebody, and they were, they were saying, man, you see Bridgewater winning with the Saints. Why don't we go get Bridgewater? And I said, you think Bridgewater wins here with this team? You really do? Why would you think that? Why would you think that? You think Teddy Bridgewater gets plucked in, this, put into this offense, and that this we're going to win with Teddy Bridgewater? He's not, he's not balling like that. Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Drew Brees, healthy, maybe. Tom Brady, maybe. There's not a lot of others because, you know, when you look at a game where Jameis has five interceptions and if you listen to Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians doesn't bullshit nobody. He tells you the way it is. If it's Jameis's fault, he'll say it's Jameis's fault. Okay. So the first interception, first play of the game, 
out of Bruce Arians' mouth. This is one thing Bruce Arians is not going to do. He's not going to blame somebody that's not at fault because this doesn't make any sense, okay? Because you have to look at the kid in the locker room, and now your credibility has gone. Bruce Arians said, didn't like the, the route that Michael Clayton ran. He should have fought for the ball more, and he said he was either two yards short or two yards deep. Regardless, two yards is six feet. That's a long way for a football, okay? For, on a football field, six feet's a long way. And if a ball is somewhere and the receiver's not there, well, then the vantage goes to the defender. That was a first interception, okay? We had Jameis's arm getting hit on one of the interceptions. That's two. And the third interception, Mike Evans didn't try worth a shit, and he admitted that. So out of five, three interceptions weren't Jameis's fault. Is that apologizing or making excuses? A little bit. But you have to understand that without that, the game, the complexion of the game is different. You punt the ball instead of giving them points. And the whole complexion of the game becomes different. So as we go forward, because we've let Steve Young, we've let Doug Williams, we've let Trent Dilfer, we've let Vinny Testaverde, we let them all go, and they were successful elsewhere because they had good football teams around them. And if you have a good football team around Jameis, now all of a sudden you could talk about managing a football game, but when you talk about managing a football game, how do you manage a football game if the, if the, uh, the coordinator has you throwing the ball 55 times? It doesn't work like that. Mitch Trubisky, when he wins, he manages football games. What happens when he has to win a game? He ain't worth shit. If, if you would rather Mitch Trubisky than Jameis Winston, then you don't watch a whole lot of football. You don't. Because Mitch Trubisky is not a good football player. Jameis Winston at times shows that he's a good football player and can make all the throws. Trubisky is, he's up and down, and more so down. But when you look at this Buccaneer team in the bye week, and I'm not quite sure what Bruce Arians probably focused on um, taking care of the football. You can focus on that, but that's not something, it's just getting better. It's just getting the offensive line better, pass protecting better, running the football better, passing the ball less, taking less chances. When you take more chances, what happens is more more interceptions come. And when you look at this Buccaneer team that I've been hearing is going to be a running football team forever, like I know every quarter, every coach comes into we're going to run the football. Well, the Bucs, and, and everybody thinks they're running the football great this year for some reason. I don't know why. It's more efficient than last year, but last year was, an, was, it was abysmal. That was about as bad as I've seen. We have 589 yards rushing in six games. You can do the math you want. It doesn't come out to 100 yards a game. And you have a running quarterback, okay? You have a quarterback who runs the football. So that's not great. If you're not averaging 100 yards rushing a game, you're not really doing much of anything. And we said at the beginning of the year, we have to run the football to take away pressure from Jameis, and we're not. Not on a consistent basis. No way. We get, we're averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Mm. You know, it's, just, it's not it's not great. What was the other thing we said at the beginning of the year we have to improve at? We have to rush the passer. The first three, four games, you know, your boy was unblockable. Shaq Barrett on film was as good as I've seen in the first four weeks. Okay, He's fallen off. He had nine sacks in the first four weeks. He has, he has nine sacks still. The team collectively, 13 sacks. 13 sacks in six weeks. And that's one guy getting nine against 25 sacks. We've given up 25 sacks. 
So we've given up twice as many sacks as uh, we have. Jameis has fumbled the ball too much. Ten interceptions is too much. You know, 12 touchdowns, great, but when you put 10 interceptions behind it, it's not as, it's not as good. It just isn't. They got to figure out a way but after this bye to get the, the ball in Ronald Jones's hands a little bit more, and they got to figure out ways to rush the passer. When you start rushing the passer and getting somebody in the quarterback's face, that's when things start happening. Everybody, want, you know, you, you see a couple great plays by defensive backs every week on man coverage. But most of the big plays defensively is when a quarterback has a defender in his face. And we definitely don't do that enough. So now it's about Bruce Arians, and it's about Bruce Arians knowing how to fix things because we still need a lot of fixing. And we go from here. Tennessee's a very winnable game, but every single team that the Bucks play are going to say the exact same thing. This is a winnable game. And the NFL's a crazy place, man. NFL's crazy. Other than the Miami Dolphins, everybody could beat anybody. And the Dolphins almost messed around and got one yesterday as well. So let's hope that uh, next week on Monday we're talking about a Buccaneers win. If they lose and go 2-5 and five and lose to Tennessee, better do yourself a favor. Don't look at the rest of the, of the schedule because it doesn't get any better. Because even with the Atlanta Falcons sucking it out loud, they're probably going to beat us once this year. That's just the way it goes. It's been like that forever. I don't know last time we swept the, the, the Falcons. So if we go 2-5, and five, the rest of the season is going to be rough. Okay, real, real rough. If you guys want to get in contact with me, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. And the Ron and Ian show today will be on from 3 to 5. We'll be talking about the Buccaneers a little bit and a lot of other things going on this weekend. And that's on 95.3 FM and 6.20 AM. And uh, you want to tune that in? We have a lot of fun. But I appreciate you guys listening into this podcast. Numbers are going up every single week, so I appreciate that. And uh, let's hope that uh, we talk a little bit more about some success with our Buccaneers because uh, I think we all deserve it as Buccaneer fans. Have a wonderful week, and please stay out of trouble. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Morning Show is back. Hi, it's MJ. Join me along with Froggy and Fester. We're going to bring you up to speed on what's been happening since our last show. We'll even reveal never-before-heard stories from the past, including some infamous controversies. This is the great MJ Morning Show that you remember. With regular new episodes, we'll even have some of the crazy cast of characters on, like Dave the Dwarf and more. The all-new MJ Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, on the iHeartRadio app, and RadioInfluence.com.